Sean Murphy finally got traded to the Atlanta Braves? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And the the Sean Murphy trade has finally happened, and it's not one that we discussed at all because it was a three-way trade. So, catcher Sean Murphy from the Oakland A's to the Atlanta Braves. Milwaukee Brewers are in this trade too, somehow. They get uh, catcher William Contreras from the Braves, right-hand pitcher Justin Yeager, Jaeger from Atlanta, and right-hand pitcher Joel Payamps from the Oakland A's. The Athletics from the Braves get veteran catcher Manny Pena, 35 years old, uh, left-hand pitcher Kyle Muller, number one prospect in Atlanta's system, uh, right-hand pitcher Roybert Salinas, number seven pitcher in the Braves system, right-hand pitcher Freddie Tarnock, the ninth pitcher, ninth prospect in the Braves system, and utility man Asturi Ruiz from the Brewers, the number five prospect in their system. So, up front, I don't understand this trade. It's interesting. Okay, so the Atlanta Braves had the catching duo of Travis Darno and William Contreras. Uh, Travis Darno was an all-star at catcher. William Contreras was an all-star at DH last year. Um, the Braves had to decide last offseason between Shea Langoliers and William Contreras to be their catcher of the future. Contreras was seen as the better offensive player. Langoliers was the better defensive player. They trade Langoliers to Oakland in the Matt Olson deal. Um, now they move the other part of that, Contreras, to the Brewers. Uh, so let's start off with that. William Contreras going to the Brewers. Uh, free agent in 2027, so a ton of team control here. And he can absolutely uh, mash. 506 slugging, 138 OPS plus. So uh, the barrel rates for him was the most similarity to Juan Soto and Corey Seager. So fantastic upgrade for the Brewers, right? They had Omar Navarez as their starting catcher last year. They're, from the catching position, they had a 608 OPS. The Brewers did. So fantastic upgrade. And then the only thing that they gave up was Asturi Ruiz, who they acquired in the Josh Hader deal. So they haven't even had him that long. Top five prospect in their system, but blocked behind all of the other outfielders that they had. And because of the lack of power, was kind of viewed as a utility option. So they get that, and they get two pitching prospects. We'll cover those a little bit later. And the Braves get Sean Murphy, the big, the big trade chip of the offseason. Uh, we've talked about him at length before, but uh, free agent in 2026. He was a 2016 third rounder out of Wright State. And the important thing to remember here, when you look at his conventional stats, they're not great, right? Uh, his counting stats aren't great. His batting average isn't great. But his WRC plus is pretty good. And when you, you have to understand the context with which he was playing. He was by far the best player on Oakland's team last year. He played in a very extremely pitcher-friendly park. 
with a very weak lineup. It was, I mean, I've seen AAA teams I felt like were better than most of the players on uh, the, the Oakland A's last year. And you can kind of, like, you can see the ballpark stuff a lot. When you look at his career home and road splits, his home splits, 212, 318, 366, so a 684 OPS. His road splits, 257, 335, 485, 820 OPS. So hundred and almost 140 points in OPS better away from Oakland Stadium. Well, the Atlanta Braves, it's the 10th best park for hitters in all of baseball. Uh, it's going to be a much better lineup. You're in the same lineup as Matt Olson and Austin Riley and Ronald Acuna and Michael Harris and, and Ozzy Albies. I mean, plenty of star power there. So, uh, you know, plenty of that. Alex Anthopoulos said the plan is for these guys to split the catching duties and give both of them plenty of DH time. But the reason Alex Anthopoulos said the Braves made this deal is because they liked William Contreras. They didn't love William Contreras' defense. He's got, his arm is average, but he's a below average framer and his defense is fringe to average. It's, it's, you can see a very similar aging curve when you look at his brother. You know, his brother just signed in St. Louis as a free agent and there's already talk about they need to make sure they have a defensive oriented catcher as well because he's not very strong defensively. And I mean, his, his, his production William Contreras' production is fantastic. 278, 354, 506 last year. 20 home runs, 35 extra base hits, 39 walks to 104 strikeouts in 97 games. Great production, but again, they don't love the defense, and they only have Travis Darno for two seasons, I think, or one season. And so they want to make sure that they have a reliable veteran behind it. And the thing here, like Sean Murphy, elite pop time, the ability to catch runners, you're going to have a more stolen base friendly environment when you, one, eliminate the shift, and two, you have some of the rules, pickoffs, things like that. Uh, the Braves allowed 82 stolen bases last year. They threw out 22 guys, so a 21% caught stealing rate. Sean Murphy allowed 42 stolen bases, had 19 caught stealing, so a 31% success rate. So you got rid of a bad defender, you brought in a good defender, and offensively the Braves feel that uh, Sean Murphy can be just as good of a hitter in that environment with that lineup around him that William Contreras was. Uh, obviously you lose a year of team control, you only have Murphy through 26 versus 27, but it's the Atlanta Braves, and a day they'll probably announce some ridiculous you know, six years, $100 million extension for Sean Murphy and he'll never have to work, you know, and he'll, he'll be set for life and the Braves will have another dude locked in for half a decade. Just kind of how Braves seem to do this stuff. And so it's just, the Brewers made out fantastically in this deal. They gave up one guy who was blocked and had questions about his ceiling anyway because he didn't have the power for uh, a all-star, a ball made to TH, an all-star catcher, and two relief prospects. The Braves made out really well because they got a great catcher. Now, they still didn't address the shortstop question, which is, does you re-sign Dansby Swanson? Do you think Von Grissom is ready to take short? And you still haven't figured out left field. You've got Eddie Rosario out there. Uh, you still owe a bunch of money to Marcelo Zuna. You didn't get back Willie Adamas from the Brewers. Uh, you didn't even take on the Christian Yelich deal to have the outfielder. 
Uh, not that I wanted them to do that, but just a thought. So the Braves still have questions, and it feels like a weird use of resources to reinforce that part of the organization, you know, that part of the lineup, get incrementally better at catcher while still having shortstop in left field as a question. So either the Braves know something, or this was just something they wanted to do regardless of whatever happened at shortstop in left field, and they decided to go ahead and do it. In just a minute, I'm going to get to Oakland's return on this. What does Oakland get? What's the future for these guys? But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Pro football, uh, college bowl seasons here. You've got basketball, uh, men and women, college and pro. The World Cup is still going on, I think. Uh, they've got everything at BetOnline.net, and I'm willing to bet soon we're going to have new uh, new World Series lines now that the hot stove has been a little crazy here and you've seen a lot of the top free agents sign. We've seen some pitchers sign. I've seen it. I, I, I love what the Blue Jays are doing as far as bringing in some pitchers to, like Chris Bassett to reinforce that lineup. So soon we'll get updated World Series odds there. But in the meantime, BetOnline.net's your fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, so the return here for the Oakland A's is four top 10 prospects and veteran catcher Manny Pena. Now, despite that being the return, I still don't love this deal from, for, from Oakland's perspective because I feel like you could have gotten so much more. And yes, I know you need a... Like, I know you need starting pitchers. So Kyle Muller is appealing. Freddie Tarnock is appealing. Weber Salinas, although albeit far away, is appealing. Manny Pena gives you a body back there behind the plate. It's competent. Estrella Ruiz gives you options in that massive outfield that you have. But I just don't understand the thought process. So let's go into these guys. Kyle Muller, uh, 2016 second rounder out of high school by the Braves. 6'7", 250. So a big boy. And with his size being, you know, being a big boy, he's got big tools. That fastball sits 95 or so. Remember, he's a lefty, so that's pretty good. It uh, can touch 98. It's a, it is a plus pitch. Um, it has a lot of, like, it gets a lot of extension because he's 6'7", so it plays up a little bit off of that velo. He throws it for strikes a ton, greater than 70% strike percentage. So he just hammers the zone with that thing. He, and he trusts it, and it works. For the most part, in the minors, it has worked. Uh, slider's a pretty hard slider. Um, sits around 87 or so. He's got an above-average curveball, and the way that he uses these, uh, the, the idea for Kyle Muller is the slider, it's a bit of a gyro slider, but he throws it intending it to get strikes. Uh, really hard pitch. One of the 25 hardest lefty sliders that I like, I think right now in baseball, guys that have appeared in the majors last year. It's a plus pitch, and he had good results with it. So primarily with those two pitches, he has a curveball. It's an above-average pitch. He, uh, it's a vertical breaker. He uses it to get chase out of the zone, and then he's got a changeup that's exclusively against righties. Uh, but he got good results with these. Twenty-three games started in the minors last year, AAA, three-four-one ERA in one hundred and thirty-four and two-thirds innings. 
Uh, 40 walks and 159 strikeouts. So 2.7 walks per nine, 10.6 strikeouts per nine, uh, 14 home runs allowed. He's been up twice in Atlanta. He's gotten, like, he's used two of his three options. 2021, he got nine games. Eight of them were starts, 417 ERA. Last year, three starts, 12 total innings, 803 ERA. Uh, I'm a little nervous about him going to Oakland simply because it feels like trading for a pitcher from the Braves hasn't worked since the Adam Wainwright trade. Like trading for a Braves pitcher never goes well for the team that got the pitcher. I'm thinking about the Shelby Miller deal where the Braves get Dansby Swanson and Ender Enciarte. It's just like every move I feel like where the Braves send a pitcher out, they know better than a lot of other teams, how these pitchers develop. And I feel like they've identified this guy's not going to work out before other teams do. So I don't know if there's anything wrong with Kyle Muller. To me, it looks like he just needs an opportunity to be in a rotation on a regular basis. We've talked about this before, about how contenders don't have the leash to let a young pitcher learn on the job. Kind of feels like that might be this be the situation here. But again, I just don't know if I can trust the Braves to give me a good pitcher because they're so good at this. It feels like they've identified who's going to work and who's not, and they trade who doesn't before somebody else picks up on it. Uh, the second piece in the trade, number seven prospect in the system, right-hand pitcher Roiber Salinas. So 2018 IFA, and when you look at what he did last year, it was divided between low A Augusta and high A Rome. Most of it was Rome. But 25 games, 5-8, and eight, record doesn't matter in the minors, but some people ask for it, 3-5-5 ERA, 109 innings pitched. He had 175 strikeouts to 63 walks. So 14.4 strikeouts per nine, 5.2 walks per nine, seven home runs allowed. And the thing with Roy Salinas. Fastball plus pitch, 93 to 95, touches 98, similar to Kyle Muller, although he's not as big. I want to say he's 6'3", maybe 6'3", 215, 220. Uh, I think he's heavier than that, but that's what they have him listed at. That's kind of a lie. It's like, it's like a driver's license. That, that's a lie. Uh, his, Kyle Muller's slider is not a gyro slider. I apologize. Weber Salinas' slider is a gyro slider. And then to go along with that, he's got a hammer curveball. And he's, he's changed both of those breaking pitches. He used to have a more sweepy slider and like a loopy curveball. And he's changed those both to the gyro slider that can anywhere from 87 to 90, as well as the hammer curveball that sits low 80s. Both of them can miss bats really well. You see that in the 14 strikeouts per nine. The issue is, is where like he walks too many guys. You saw he also walked... Um, five, like almost five and a half guys per nine innings. He can throw the slider for a strike more than the curveball. The curveball has a lot of late break, but it has more break than the slider. So he can keep the slider in the zone um, and get, you know, get either weak contact or a strikeout on it. The curveball is relying on changing the eye angle from, you know, north to south and the velocity separation. The control is below average. I mean, it's 40 grade at best. I don't know, like Oakland has a little work to do. You got time, but Oakland has a little work to do to fix that. And the question is, like the stuff is good enough to be a number three. 
as far as the quality of those three pitches. The question is, can you fix the control to the point where you can use him as a starter versus using him in like a high leverage bullpen role? I also worry a little bit about the physical development. He's added weight as he's gotten to the pros. He's 21 right now. He's added weight a little faster than I think you would like. And so there's a worry about the physical conditioning. You know, I said 6'3", 215, 220. I think he's heavier than that. I've seen some places have him listed even uh, lighter, and it's because they can't catch up because he's adding weight pretty quickly. So physical development questions, control questions. Does he end up being a reliever or is he a number three? All comes down to how your pitching development staff works on that control and then how disciplined he can be on the conditioning. Uh, Freddie Tarnock, number nine pitcher or number nine prospect in the Braves system. I say that, they're all pitchers. <laughs> number nine prospect in the Braves system. Two-way player out of high school. 2017 third rounder. Braves were like, well, we're making you a pitcher. You're not, you're not doing the two-way thing here. So last year, double-A Mississippi, triple-A Gwinnett. And it's weird. Double-A Mississippi is very much a pitcher's park and his numbers were worse there than in triple-A. So there's a question of, did he fig- start to figure it out or kind of what it was? But 25 games, 23 of those were starts. He made two relief appearances late in the year at Gwinnett. And then the Braves called them up and he made a relief appearance in Atlanta. They were just seeing how he'd work in the bullpen before the postseason, similar to what they did in 2021 with Spencer Strider and Dylan Lee. They called them up, had them both make a relief appearance to see who would make the postseason roster and who didn't. So anyway, uh, 25 games, 23 starts, 405 ERA in 106 and two-thirds innings, 124 strikeouts, to 44 walks. So 10 and a half strikeouts per nine innings, 3.7 walks per nine innings, 15 home runs allowed. So less of a concern on the control, but similar to Kyle Muller, a little bit more of a home run problem when pitches get away from him. And his arsenal is very much a two pitch arsenal. So you've got some reliever risk here. Uh, The fastball, it's Somewhere between a 60 and a 65. It's a really good fastball. I'm not, I, I go back and forth on it. 94, 95, he can touch 98 or 99 with it. It's got really good carry up in the zone. And it's got um, like a lot of induced vertical break. It can move 18 inches as far as the induced vertical break. Uh, four-seamer, I really like it. The spin numbers are really good on it. It's like 2,400 RPMs. It's a very good fastball. Uh, to go along with that, the curveball, 12 to 6 curveball, it used to be the best curveball in the system. It backed up a little bit last year, and I don't know why. I don't know if there was a health issue there. I don't know if he was working on something, but the curveball wasn't as crisp last year as we had seen it be in 2021 and before. So, uh, yeah, 12 to 6, so that straight vertical drop there. And then to go along with that, you've got a slider and a change that are both kind of fringy. They're not good pitches. And so having just the two, the fastball and the curveball, that's where the reliever risk comes in. Uh, the the changeup has gotten better. It got from below average to fringy. I don't know how much better it's going to get. The Braves were working on the slider. I feel like the Braves have been pretty good at figuring that out. It's been pretty slow coming. And so when he's on, he can dominate with that fastball and then surprise you with the curveball, get the drop on it. Uh, you swing over it because you're expecting the 18 inches of, of break 
on the fastball, and instead that curveball is a 12 to 6 and goes way below your bat. So when it's on, it works. Um, multiple times through the order, he kind of struggles as he sees a hitter for the second time and then the third because they kind of understand the one weird trick that he has to get guys out. Uh, his delivery, like mechanically, isn't always synced up as far as his stride to his arm action. We talked about that on yesterday's show a bit with Clayton Beater. So I think if he moved to relief, he's going to be a pretty dominant back of the rotation reliever because the fastball was really good and the curveball with a little bit of work can get back to a plus pitch and one of the better pitches in an organization. Uh, He's just not quite there yet. And then the third, or the last piece, the fourth piece here, other than Manny Pena, is utility guy Esturi Ruiz. 2015 IFA by the Royals. He was traded from the Royals to the Padres. Uh, Then he got traded last year from the Padres to the Brewers in the Josh Hader deal, and now he's an Oakland A. So he has been part of four organizations since getting signed in 2015, if that tells you anything. But uh, 114 minor league games last year, because he got 17 games in the bigs, 114 minor league games last year between AA San Antonio, AAA El Paso, and AAA Nashville. 332, 447, 526. 16 home runs, 49 extra base hits, 94 strikeouts to 70 walks, and 85 of 99 on stolen bases. Esturi Ruiz is kind of an enigma. The power was surprising last year. He has 53 career home runs in 521 career games. 16 of those came last year. The 526 slugging is by far his highest number for a full season stint anywhere. Uh, The best he had done outside of rookie ball was a 411 in San Antonio. And he goes from that to a 507. Maybe he figured something out physically. That does happen. He is just now 23. That This is part of the development process that you have. Uh, he, was, he was signed as an infielder. He went from short to second. Then they moved him to the outfield because he's got, he had issues with the transfer and with his hands. So they moved him to the outfield. Because he's still newer to the outfield, the reads, routes, and reactions aren't fantastic. I think he can get fringe to average defensively. Just give him some more time. He's a very instinctual baseball player. Uh, It's good because the tools aren't glaringly amazing. Like, his arm is below average. His speed is only average. The fact that he was 85 of 99 on stolen bases is because the instincts are very, very good. He's a very savvy, intelligent baseball player. He just, he, he very much is one of those greater than the sum of his parts kind of things. If you told me in a decade that Asuri Ruiz was still playing and had a career, I wouldn't be surprised. If you told me in three years that Asuri Ruiz was out of baseball completely, I wouldn't be surprised. And so the question is, does Oakland think they can develop him offensively at the plate, the power production and the consistency to get him to where he can contribute at the big league level? That's the big question. And just a minute, I want to go over what the Brewers got in this deal right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So we're talking about the Sean Murphy trade between the Braves, the Brewers, and the Oakland A's. And again, I'll reiterate this on the Brewers. I don't know why the Brewers were in this trade. Justin Yeager, Justin Yeager was the 
uh, pitcher that went from the Braves to the Brewers. Uh, Joel Payamps was the reliever that went from the A's to the Brewers. And then William Contreras went from the Braves to the Brewers while the Brewers gave up Asturi Ruiz and nothing else. So the Brewers are the winners of this trade because they gave up one utility guy that was blocked that had a cap on his power. I mean, it's his average exit velo was like 85 miles an hour in the minors, which would put him one of the lowest in the entire big leagues. The profile, like the, the offensive comparisons, when you look at him, if you take his stats, his peripherals to the MLB level is like a s- slower Billy Hamilton. Like that's the peripherals you get. Again, you have to fix the contact to make it work. But you get William Contreras, and then you get two pitchers. Justin Yeager, he's been a reliever ever since college. Uh, 2019 33rd rounder out of Southern Illinois. Uh, he had really good strikeout rate in the Brave system, like 37%. Uh, has has two plus pitches, has a fastball, sits mid-90s for a righty. The velocity's fine. Really good carry up in the zone. He has a slider, sits high 80s, low 90s, like 88 to 90, maybe 91. Uh, really short, kind of late bite to it. So it's it's a profile of two pitches that, that do the same kind of stuff, but the fastball is faster, doesn't break as much as the slider does. Slider's a tick slower, has a tick more movement to it, but it's all late move. Um, both of them can miss bats pretty well, but you've got to work on the control. Not quite where you can trust him uh, to come in late in a game and keep runners off of base. If I had to put him in a top 30 like for the Braves, he'd have been in there, but probably towards the bottom. He wasn't protected in the Rule 5 draft last week, and he wasn't picked. Uh, the other part, Joel Payamps, uh, this is his sixth organization in two years. Uh, 78 appearances in the big leagues over the last two years. Uh, 335 ERA in 113 innings. He he was, looked better last year. He's kind of given up on the four-seam fastball. He swapped to a two-seam fastball. He, uh, he leads with the slider. And so the two-seamer and the slider means he gets about he got about 53% ground balls last year, which was up 20% from his previous time in the big leagues. He's got a changeup he can throw. He does still have the four-seamer. So I feel like he can slot into middle relief for the Brewers right now. So that is a piece you make your big league team better right now. Um, Justin Yeager is a piece that you can probably uh, float for the entire season in the minors if you don't need him. Add him to your 40-man next year if he does well. Or use them out of the bullpen later this year. That's perfectly fine if you can work on the control a bit. And then obviously, you've got Contreras in your system for a couple years. I mean, all fields power, he's going to do well. So the Brewers won this. The Oakland A's completely lost this. And I think one of the best descriptions that I saw of this trade, and this was from at Can't Guard Jake on Twitter, was Milwaukee showed up to this cookout, had two stakes, made it to go plate, and all they brought was a bag of napkins. The Braves got a steak too, but they brought a respectable side dish. The A's paid for all the steaks and got a flat tire on the way. I don't understand this trade. I don't understand this trade from the A's perspective. I don't understand this tr- why the Brewers were in this trade, but the Brewers made out like bandits. The Braves got a marginal upgrade at catcher. The Oakland A's did not get appreciably better at this. 
Great week this week. If you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Thank you.